Hello, everybody. How are you? Hope all is well. This is Prairie Rosopolis. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. In today's episode, I want to address how we could potentially deal with the feeling that everything, or let's say a lot of things, are just going wrong. Right? Philosophy is here to help with that. So I'm not sure why you might feel like that or might have felt like that in the past. For me, I have a tendency to consistently in life, habitually, really deliberately even, overwhelm myself with tasks. Um, I think a part of me, for some reason, only feels comfortable. I'm using a metaphor here, obviously. Um, comfortable when I'm drowning. And then that'll work for a while and I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll feel and it'll seem to me like I'm getting things done. I'm getting stuff done. I'm creating quality work. And then, you know, I have these moments consistently where things just stop working. And then it usually starts in one place and it kind of will drift into, I don't know, like at least one or two other places. Uh, I think a large part of that comes from my past working as a consultant and as a professor and working also as a doctoral student. So it's like, you know, you forget one thing here, then you kind of get angry about that. Then it's, you're angry and you get stressed and you get stressed and you also mess something else up. And then you're kind of, you know, it's sort of, it's this weird spiral effect, right? Or domino effect, whatever you want to call it. So I do think this is a pretty common thing, right? Because I also think there's another layer to this that's very important, which is the idea that if you start failing in one area of life, let's say, for example, as a doctoral student, I was having a rough class, it might have become easy for me at times to start seeing myself in a way that would affect me as a teacher. So for example, if I forgot a deadline at school or if I handed something in late, which rarely happened, um, but let's say something like that happened and it did, right? I might start seeing myself, um, why, what's wrong with you? Why are you incapable of doing this, right? And it goes from characterizing the singular action or the singular event, which again, that was an example of something within my control, but it might have even been something out of my control, right? Like, the, like let's say the opinion of a colleague or a classmate, what have you, right? We have to be careful to one, function well, right? Which is to say, just use this example, although it's, I know it's very simple, right? Hand something in on time or show up on time, let's say. That to a large extent is within our realm of control, right? At least to, let's say, it's not within our realm of our control too much to never be late, but to be consistently on time, to be consistently prepared. Those are things I think we generally have a lot of influence over, right? So let's say we're doing that well, and then we have a couple examples that are close to each other too, which I think is also very important. Sometimes if you mess up in a similar way in different aspects of your life, again, another example, you lose your temper at work, you lose your temper at home, and you do that the same week, right? If you're not careful about how you understand those events, how you understand yourself, you might start seeing yourself as an angry person, which will then only encourage you to get angrier in the future. So yes, you got angry but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an angry person moving forward in the future, right? But a lot of that will rely upon how you examine yourself and how you examine what happened. And of course we want to, let's stick with the Stoics here. You want to do that examination truthfully and fairly. You want to have some self-discipline about it because you can't spend all day examining it because then you become obsessed with it. You get nothing else done. That ironically, once again, it's going to feed back into the negative thing, right? If you obsess over why you just can't seem to figure out X, Y, or Z, that's going to stress you out. If you don't give yourself a break, we need breaks. We need leisure. We need to step away from things. We need distance. 
one major part of why self-writing works so well for therapy, in my opinion, is that it gives you distance from your thoughts. You're literally getting them out of your head onto the page. It's greater distance. Right? So we create this, this loop of perpetuating the thing we're trying to get rid of. So how do we have something go wrong in quotes, let's say, examine, okay, was this me? Was this something out of my control? How might it be? And it likely is a mixture of both. This is very stoic, right? Examining what's in our control, what's out of our control. Because I, you know, I think chance exists, right? Luck exists. Other people also, obviously their wills are, are influencing the world as well. So we have to consider all these things. And again, we don't, for the stoic, ignore those things, at least from my perspective. We don't ignore them, but we have to learn how to focus on, of course, the other thing, which is what we can control, right? So we want to focus on what we can control overall while still examining those other things, especially when things are feeling like they're going to start spiraling. We want to prevent that spiral, right? Maybe we're having a rough couple of weeks and we could say, you know what, Here's the, here are the reasons why I'm having a rough couple of weeks. Let me make a couple of quick changes. Now, let me make a couple of quick changes is a profoundly philosophical endeavor because you're meditating, you're talking with yourself, you're asking questions of yourself in the world. Once again, self-writing will facilitate that to see your thinking more clearly. And I'm also going to borrow from a friend here, one of my friends, who I'm not sure if he listens or not. Um, but he had this great idea that we are always sort of shifting between three masks, the fighter, the artist, and the scientist. And throughout your life, it's likely the case that you'll wear one of those masks the most and one of those masks the least, but you're going to wear all three at different points of your life. And we have to know when for ourselves we should enact these masks most intensely and most frequently, right? So for me right now, I need to be more of a scientist and that's going to be the story of my life in general. Because more or less, I like the artist, right? The artist is creative. The artist has a vision. And once again, too, these things are also very closely related, if not even at times the same. But I think to be an artist, you're, it's about creation, right? It's about, or primarily, let's say, about creation. It's about taking nothing and putting something there. It's a, it's a blank canvas. It's a lump of clay that you turn into something. You need to see it. Right, so each of these masks, let's say, or ways of being has different virtues that are the primary, secondary, and tertiary elements. And like I said, a lot of those will coincide. But ultimately, if you have more of an artistic approach, you might be more excited by the question of like, right, what, what can I make today? What can I create today? Who can I become today? These are artist questions, right? The fighter, and this is back to Mark's release, right? Be healthy in words. So we have to examine our words the way we, and the way we view the world, right? The fighters, I'm like, what can I conquer today? You might be a little more competitive, right? You might, let's say, have a, a greater tendency to look at things as if they are confrontations. And those could be healthy confrontations, right? I think for a moment, I'm very excited. God willing, I'm getting vaccinated on Friday. I want to go back to jujitsu. Jujitsu, of course, is martial arts. It's fighting. But it's a very unique element to it that a lot of times, you know, I think we want to reconceptualize what it means to be in a fight. A fight doesn't have to necessarily be aggressive. A fight with a loved one can be loving and it can still be a disagreement. But when you watch people who are very good at jujitsu roll or spar, at, at times it looks more like art than a fight, right? It's a, it's a very interesting discipline that had me reconceptualizing, wow, we can do combat calmly, consciously, slowly, right? This sort of goes with some very nice... Uh, Buddhist Zen philosophy on non-confrontation, right? I'm reading an article recently and the, uh, the author references Aikido, 
right? It's not about this aggressive thing, right? It's about using your opponent's force. It's about flow, right? Either way, I think the the fighter can be this calm person, right? But the fighter also is prepared. The fighter has, let's say, slightly different habits than the artist and similar habits as well, right? But it, again, it sort of comes down to how you view the world and how you view yourself. So maybe you're more the artist again. Maybe you're more the fighter. Your questions are slightly different. Your approaches to things are slightly different. Then the scientist is the one I have to adopt more frequently. The scientist is like, what can I discover today? The scientist is like, what can I test today? What theories can I test? And I think the main verb for me, and again, this applies across all three, but I think with the idea of testing out theories, right? With the scientists, I'm thinking of the scientific method, right? You have a theory, you have to observe things, right? As the artist, sometimes I think you get so immersed in the creation, you're not observing. It, it requires a different type of focus maybe, right? The fighter too, you're observing, but you're also engaging very readily, very, you know, the engagement is the fight itself, right? I think the scientist encourages us to step back and observe and test and then step back again. So again, there's multiple levels here. There's this, there's the language that we use, right? If you're testing, you're more of the scientist. If you're observing, you're more of the scientist. If you're fighting, right? If you're engaging, right? You're the, you're the fighter. If you're creating, you're the artist. And again, all these work together nicely. They're not, um, they're not at all, I would say even oppositional. They work together. But for me, once again, I don't have to encourage myself to try to create. I don't have to encourage myself to engage. I don't have to encourage myself to use words like, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, like conquer, fight. Right? I have the tendency even, and this is maybe because I'm too much of, of the fighter at times, I have a tendency to make enemies where there aren't any. So I've had to work on that too. Like people are not... Um, I mean, this is, I'm trying to adopt a, a more, uh, let's say, benevolent understanding of, of human nature, right? So I think of Camus, I think of the Stoics who have encouraged us to, you know, Camus specifically, not verbatim, but told us, you know, ultimately there's more to, to admire in people than there is to dislike. So there's more to admire. To me, it doesn't mean 90% of people are great. It just means there's more. So that's 51%. Let's start there. If you have a negative understanding of human nature, I think let's try to shift that. Why not? Because Camus setting the bar pretty low there. And I think that's a good way to start a conversation about changing, right? So that's a part of my conception of myself as this sort of adoption of the fighter mask, right? It's like, maybe I'm just looking at people like, okay, there's going to be a fight here. No, stop that a little bit, right? And then that goes to the scientists, try this new idea, test it out. There are some great ideas on this, and this is another episode in and of itself, but um, the idea I think is from Epictetus, it's like, or am I, I was Epictetus or Pema Chodron, I'm not, I'm not sure. One of those two philosophers um, that we've been working with a lot recently, but don't look at anybody in that way. And if you do, right, to say don't look at anybody, I disagree with that. I think some people are, we have to confront those individuals, right? But ultimately, let's try to not start there, right? Now I'm kind of working through my mask of the fighter being worn too much, right? Um, but try to always find redeeming qualities in people as best as you can. And of course, in some cases, cause, and I, I do believe that evil exists, right? Some people are evil and that's, you know, that's just what it is. That being said, the annoying person at work pro probably isn't right. The, the annoying person at work who's kind of rude 
probably isn't all bad, right? So a lot of this too is just exaggerating, I think. Um, but ultimately, try to find redeeming qualities in people. If you find yourself being, you know, in this sort of like default combative fighter mode too often, and I, I mentioned that some people are evil, I mentioned that some things are unjust. I mentioned these things because we do have to keep the fighter in mind. We don't abandon that mask. We're able to defend our thoughts. We're able to stand up for ourselves. We're able to stand up for others. We're able to defend our ourselves physically. Right? These are all things we can strive to do that are virtuous. I think. So let's not abandon the fighter, but let's not also walk around looking for a fight constantly. And I don't do that. I'm not that bad. I'm just saying, right? What I need to do again is be more the scientist. And the key verb I keep avoiding in this little chat here when I'm working through these masks um, is to tinker. That's a great verb that I don't do well enough. That's why I'm not great at times. And I'm learning this at my new job. I want to get better at learning new things. And a part of that is being cool with the fact that I'm going to look and feel like an idiot because I spent five years, you know, I think growing in one direction as an instructor. And I was able to, I think, grow nicely in that regard. And I'm very proud of what I offered as an instructor. But I ultimately also at the end of that, right, had a feeling of competence at this new job. I don't have that yet. And I think the fighter is not going to be the answer there. The artist is not going to be the answer there because I make stuff and guess what? It, it just keeps not going well. So I need to stop and observe scientists. I need to create new theories about myself, right? My theory about me teaching was I'm comfortable here. I got this. My new theory has to be, okay, I don't got this. I have to figure this out and I have to tinker. I have to test new things. I have to ask different people new questions. I have to ask the same people new questions. By that, I mean people I've been interacting with regularly, I need to interact with them more effectively. People I have been interacting with, I need to reach out. These are all kind of experiments. The fighter and the artist, I think, has, they have a different type of focus. They're less open to experimentation, right? Because even when you think about the martial arts, you drill movements. Right. Bruce Lee, I think, was so revolutionary because he also said, you know, be like water. He was encouraging the fighter to be like the scientist with that, I think. Right. My style is no style. Well, that's because you're constantly experimenting. Again, these are all metaphors. I'm not trying to speak exactly about the martial arts here. This is all to convey a broader point that we move between the masks. And this movement can be a way for us to encourage things to go differently. Right? Encourage things to go better. Encourage us to move towards our goals more effectively because I think we get locked in a mask. The artist who's just too focused on, and this is something I suffer from because I would say my art, my first one will be artist, second one will be fighter. The least one, or the, the, the mask I wear the least would be the scientist, right? When I'm an artist, I'm just trying to create stuff. I'm trying to make things. Wait a minute. Step back, observe, see what theory you're, you're, you know, you're, you're putting out here. Right? The fighter also gets locked into a certain way of being. We need the scientists to balance these things out. Again, these are, these are my understandings of the masks. At the moment, you can have your own. I do think this is a pretty solid idea though. Right? If things aren't going right, you might be locked into one way of seeing, one way of doing, one way of feeling. Maybe you're too much the scientist. Right? Maybe you're constantly testing new things and you're never actually trying to make anything with them. Right? Maybe... You need to introduce some creativity. Maybe you need to have an end goal, 
of going from a blank canvas to a canvas that's full instead of constantly testing and never finishing. And the artist too, I think, has a lot of courage to start. If you're too much of a scientist, you're constantly examining, constantly observing, constantly testing, constantly theorizing, you might need to just punctuate something. Maybe also as a scientist, you're observing from a distance too much. Again, with that scientific method approach, right? That you're not as engaged. Maybe you need the fighter. Maybe you need a little bit of, let's, for lack of a better way of putting it, you need a little bit of aggression. You need a little bit of energy. You need to, let's say, you know, embody the theory a little bit more. So I hope this is helpful in some way. Just some thoughts I had today, because for me, I need to be more the scientist, and I think that is what is standing in the way of, uh, of me kind of getting things right. I have to be more open to observations, stepping back, not focusing on creating things, not focusing on like grappling with everything, and take more of that scientific, also methodical approach. And that's how I'll close this, right? The scientific method is methodical, and that can sometimes be a great advantage. It's organized. A fight can sometimes be very disorganized. You can focus on what you're doing, right? But Marcus Aurelius himself said, life is more like wrestling than dancing because it's unpredictable. So if you're a fighter, you're, you're welcoming that, that lack of predictability. You're engaging in that world. Maybe you need the scientist to, to create a little more orderliness. The artist too, right? The idea for art, I think, you know, there's a method to the madness. Yeah, but there's still madness there right? And that's a good thing of art, right? Good writing is rewriting and great writing is madness. So the scientific, with the scientific method too, which isn't to say, of course, that's devoid of some type of madness or what have you, right? There's a sense of organization there. There's a sense of orderliness. There's a sense of being methodical. I need to be more methodical. Maybe you need to be a little more unpredictable. Maybe you need to introduce a little bit of intensity, a little bit of emotion, and then in that case, maybe adopt the artist, maybe adopt the fighter mask. Hope this is helpful. Use this as a way to get to know yourself. Try this out. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.